This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning and welcome to The Morning Beat on this Tuesday, October 4th. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We have a great show coming up for you. Um, in today's show, we've got a uh, What the Health segment segment coming up. Uh, what time of day is best for you to work out? Listen, over the years, I've been told so many different things by so many different people. I don't even know what's true anymore, but we've actually got a professor of health and human psychology joining us to talk about what time. And here's the thing. It might be different for you than it is for me, Michaela. Yeah, I think so. so you know. Well, I'm excited to understand because I will say sometimes when I work out at night, it keeps me up. All I can't work out. Night. I can work out 6 p.m. is the last time I can work out. After yeah. that, I can't. Even that's a little bit late yeah, for me. Yeah, it pushes it. It pushes it for sure. Uh, this one you might also be excited about later on in our show. We're talking to uh, an intuitive coach who believes that she can uh, psychically communicate with our pets. Oh, I love I it. I know you've been trying to talk to uh, Bruno and Rocco for a while now. Years. This could be your chance. Years. How are you doing? It's Tuesday. Are you sleepy? I'm doing good, my honey. I am uh, I'm getting ready. We have a very big lesbian event in Vegas this weekend. Lisa will be DJing. I'll be singing. Uh, we're kicking off Vegas Pride. So uh, I'm excited just finishing out this week and getting ready to vibe, honey. Okay, Vegas Pride. Yeah. I've never been. Is to it Vegas fun? Pride? Yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's okay. Okay. It could use some work. Maybe. Well, I only say it like that because I actually, I don't know if I've been in years. Got it. Um, but, you know, we've got the new album, so we're promoting it. All we're I in know, Atlanta this week. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. All I know about um, Vegas and the queer scene is Piranha. That's, that's it. Pr- well, that's what I kind of need to know. So I remember the first time. Piranha's iconic. Years and years and years ago, and I went there, and there was, I think, a pool table in one of the back rooms. Yeah. And a go-go dancer dancing on the pool table. I said, that's what that's for. That's yes, right. You exactly. get up there. You shake that booty. Listen, Piranha is so trashy. Is it? And amazing. Oh, I haven't been there so many it's years. It's so ridiculous. Good. In the best way. That's how it should be. Like, I can't imagine if they turned the lights on what it would actually Mm-mm. look like. Wouldn't want to know. Wouldn't want to know. But it's yeah. massive. Yeah. You walk in, and um, when you walk in, you walk under, like, a really large fish tank. Yeah. Um, it's just such a weird Because vibe. everything in Vegas is a theme, even the gay bars. Yeah, even the gay bars. What's the new one that opened you were at? Garden. Early? Garden. Garden is super fun. It's outdoor. It's indoor 
outdoor. Are they near each other? Like you could go from one to the other in the same day? No. Opposite sides. That's annoying. I want a neighborhood. I I know. know Well, I think they're starting to build downtown into like the gay neighborhood. Good. I think that's what the vibe is. That area. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because that's where the event is this weekend. It's in Old Vegas. Or are you going to do that thing where you go uh, zip lining, where you fly down the strip with the lights? Listen, I did do that. Me and Lisa one time we did that. It's so hot in Vegas. Yeah. And it was so hot when we did it. Oh, no. We were melting on that zip line. I've always wanted to do we that. We melted away. I go to Vegas, so and I'm hot. the guy. I go there for a couple of reasons. I go there for Bloody Marys and ribeye steaks that you used to be able to get for like $3.99, but not anymore. But you can still get a good deal, though, on a buffet in, a thousand in Vegas. Percent. Yeah, that still happens. I also go for like Broadway shows. I love there's like some really great musical theater there. Outside of Broadway, it's probably the best place to see musical theater in the United States. And then I also go for roller coasters and rides. Yeah, obviously. Thrill rides. I well, love the one at New York, New York. It's a really good coaster. I love the New York, New York. I used to love um, uh, Grand Sam Canyon. What's that? Were you ever, uh, were, you old, were you too old for that? I don't know what that is. It was at Circus Circus. Oh. And it was the Adventure Park. Okay. It's still very much open, but like there's this whole thing with Circus Circus that everyone's like, it's haunted, it's terrifying, you should not go into the Circus Circus. Oh, I would never step foot into it. It looks terrifying from outside. Oh, it's terrifying. And it's like a whole hotel of clowns, but the Grand Sam Canyon is the best. Bomb and it's so much fun. Okay, <gasps> we should go. I need to go back. How many times do we save this? It's Tuesday. We're not going anywhere anytime soon. I know. Want to do some news on the beat? No. Uh, okay, let's do it. Top surgery significantly improves quality of life for trans masculine young adults. A first of its kind study has found that top surgery in trans masculine adolescents and young adults can significantly improve all qualities of life. While the positive effects of top surgery have been studied in trans adults, before this study focused specifically on trans young people ages 13 to 24, conducted by researchers from Northwestern's Feinberg School of Medicine, the study compared trans patients of similar ages who had top surgery to those who did not. It matched people up based on age as well as how long they had been in uh, on testosterone therapy so the comparisons could be as direct as possible. All right, another news, the gay political group Log Cabin Republicans has endorsed former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin in her bid for the U.S. House of Representatives this fall. Palin, who came in second in the state's all-comers primary, qualified for the general with three other candidates. She now is currently facing off against Democratic U.S. Representative Mary Peltola, who defeated her in a special runoff election last month, as well as fellow Republican Nick Bagich and Libertarian Chris Bayh, who replaced the fourth place finisher, Republican Tara Sweeney, on the ballot after the latter dropped out of the race. Uh, now, as Governor pa- Palin, Sarah Palin, sorry, I literally just don't even, can't even say her name because she's <laughs> she's awful. awful. And she quit. And so. she quit. I'm, I'm surprised we're even saying her name because didn't she just lose something she, major? Well, that you just said it. Yeah. She just lost. Oh, oh, good. Right, right, right. No, but that was a that was to fill like a temporarily fill fill a seat and now they actually actually have to fill it this fall, so they have to do it again. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Listen, I really like Alaska. I've been and I am part of the hundred and six pound club. Uh, or the hundred pound club. I caught a hundred and six pound halibut. I got oh, a wow. hat. It was like a whole thing. Okay. So I really love Alaska, but she's wild. That's a fish as big as you. I know, and when I pulled it out, I was so impressed with myself. I was with my ex at the time, and nobody could believe I caught this stupid fish. And I was like, bet your ass I did. Is that a halibut in your pocket, pocket <laughs> or you just 
happy to see me. Oh, that, I, I tried. It's just too early. <laughs> All right, let's get into weather. 56 in Boston, 57 in New York, 83 in Miami, 95 in Vegas, 85 in L.A., and 102 in Palm Springs. Now, give us a vibe of the day. If you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. It works for you, too. Yeah, absolutely. Just practice compassion. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. All right, so we've all heard these stories of people paying it forward. Oftentimes, maybe you're in line at McDonald's or at Starbucks at the drive-thru and you get up to uh, collect your, your food or your beverage, and they tell you, oh, somebody, the car in front of you paid for you. Right. Right? Then what is the first thing you think at that moment? Um, that I have to pay for the person you behind me. You have to me. pay for the person behind you, right? <laughs> you have to do like this chain of like charity and continue the good vibes. Yeah. Right? So, and it's funny because I've often thought, what does that really do? What does that actually accomplish? Because low key, only one person, there could be a chain of 100 cars. One person is actually getting their free coffee or their free lunch. Because every single person is still paying totally. for somebody else. So it makes you feel like you're doing something good. But are you actually? And I've never actually said that out loud. But thank God somebody is speaking up. Mm-hmm. And, and and they're sharing their thoughts. And their name is Grace Brassel. She's a 23-year-old. God love these young people. Uh, let's listen to her uh, explain what happened when she was in a very similar situation. Today, I went to the Starbucks drive-thru to get my little drink and sandwich as a hot girl does. And I go to the barista to pay and he goes, you don't have to pay me today. And I'm like, Tim, stop freaking messing with me. You always mess with me like this. He's like, you don't have to pay me. The person in front of you paid for your drink and food as a nice gesture. And I was like, this is an epic day. Today's my best day ever. People are so kind. Wow. And then he drops this bomb. He says, yeah. So for every five people in front of you, they return the gesture back. So you're telling me that these people were shamed and caught into this Congo line of morality that they had to give the gesture back? (laughs) I'm not that girl. I deserve to have a good day. I deserve this free sandwich, dude. You're not taking this away from me. That (laughs) defeats the whole point of someone doing something nice for me. I am the one that was helped. And I am not helping anyone else. Oh, my okay? God. I I love TikTok for so many reasons, and this is one of them. Honey, I'm here with her. I am too. It kind of defeats the purpose. And, you know, it's so funny because on a different line, when I very first met Lisa, Lisa um, has this one pet peeve. Now, Lisa is the most generous human being I've ever met. Most empathetic. Would do literally anything. Nothing. Could I ask her for $20? Yeah, she'd give it to you. I'll text her right now and ask her. She can Apple pay me. She really would. But, um... (laughs) I remember when we went to like Walgreens or something and they were like, do you want to give a dollar to breast cancer awareness? And she was like, I don't. (laughs) And I was like, what? And the cashier was like, huh? And she was like, nope, thanks. And I was like, what is that? And she's like, I will not be forced into giving a dollar to breast cancer or any other thing. And so everywhere we go, when they're like, do you want to give a dollar or do you want to round up your change for da da? She goes, I do not. I bet she does it at Petco. No, she won't do it anywhere because she doesn't like to be forced to do things. And she is such a giver. So it goes along to the lines of this. Paying it forward is something so generous. And then when you're like, okay, surprise, you have to be the first one out of every five to now pay it back. You're like, stupid. It's so dumb. You shouldn't. Listen, we shouldn't be forced into generosity. No. Because that defeats the whole purpose, right? And like I said, 
She said this Congo line of morality, which was my favorite line of the entire TikTok. It's so good. So witty. But yeah, one person is going to benefit. One person. And, and, okay, I don't know how these things work exactly. Right. But let's say the person in front of you um, got one coffee. So they want to pay for yours, right? And you decided to get something else and it doesn't cover it. You got a sandwich and a coffee. So are you supposed to pay for just the sandwich now? Or are you supposed to pay for the sandwich and whatever the next person's going to get? What if the person after you spent 20 bucks and you spent five? Yeah. Are you now actually losing money? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't think it's right. I feel like that always makes me mad, too, because if someone has given... You also don't know. Like, maybe someone said a little prayer, like, oh, I'm just having a tough day today. Maybe don't yes, have that extra yes, five bucks. Yes, And yes. then someone's like, okay, they got it for you. And you're like, oh, my God, thank you, God. Honey, my what prayers. If, yeah, what if they use their Starbucks stars? Yeah. I do those sometimes because I'm like, oh, cool. Money's a little tight right now, but I've got some money on here. I can get a coffee and a breakfast sandwich for free. That's that's. I look forward to that moment. Yeah, so I think it's really shady to put anybody yes. in that position. Uh, take the gift or don't do it. If Listen, you're not going to do it to be kind, then just yes. don't do it. I'm glad somebody's finally saying this. Because I, am too. I think there are so many other more beneficial ways to actually being generous that actually legitimately help people. Great, this, okay. This doesn't. This doesn't at all. Uh, will you buy me a coffee? I, I always buy you coffee. Well, I need another one. Uh, well, when are you going to buy me one? Well, I'm not paying it forward yet. Got it. Good morning, B. Channel Q. All right. I've had the pleasure, as you have, Michaela, of interviewing some of the biggest stars in the game, right? Uh, you've interviewed a lot of musicians. I've interviewed a little bit more actors, probably. I've hosted the red carpet for the Golden Globes year after year. And one of the highlights of my career was interviewing Tom Hanks. Yes, honey. He's an icon. I've interviewed Will Smith and Jim Carrey and J-Lo and Lady Gaga. They're all fantastic. But there's something special about Tom Hanks. He's like a, he's just a gift to humanity. Um, and he's making headlines again. What's popping? All right, well, Tom Hanks is writing what he knows. The two-time Oscar winner wrote his first novel, The Making of Another Major Motion Picture Masterpiece. Out May 9th, 2023, about the movie business and the making of a colossal star-studded multi-million dollar superhero action film and the humble comic book that inspired it. Hanks, who's now 66 years old, tells people that the plot draws from his personal Hollywood experiences. Every character in the book does something I've experienced while making a movie, as well as discovered a philosophy or learned an important lesson. Even the foolish moments are some kind of stunt I've pulled or mistake I've survived. The making of another major motion picture masterpiece spans several decades and showcases American culture has changed since World War II. One portion is set in 1947 about a soldier returning home from war who leaves a lasting impression on his talented five-year-old nephew. That boy grows up to draw comic books in 1970, making his uncle into one of his characters. Oh, I like this. I do too. I think it's really fabulous. I think that I wouldn't expect a book from Tom Hanks, uh, but it's something that I would definitely read. I think that, look, Tom Hanks is like one of the very, in my opinion, last classic yes. actors. Yep. He is Oscar, mm-hmm. I mean, Emmy. He's the guy. He's Tom Hanks. Yep. He's big. Yeah. Like, he's Julia Roberts. He's like, Julia it's that Roberts, era. Tom, Tom Cruise, like Nicole Kidman. They're like that last group that were all like superstars. 
that and, and and Tom has been interesting because he hasn't done like a TV show really. He's like kind of stayed in the movie space. Yeah. He's like a Tom Cruise where a lot of those like Nicole Kidman switched over like Reese Witherspoon. They've all done like TV shows. Julia Roberts did a TV show. They've all sort of gone into that space. He's predominantly stayed in films. And I love that. Much like Tom, Tom Cruise. There aren't a lot of those guys. Left. Denzel Washington. There aren't a lot of them. Right? But they are that that generation of just like icons. Absolutely. Now the people that are getting famous are like on TikTok or wherever. You know what I mean? It's, it's a different world. There's so many... The word and fame. even people that are A-list actors like Zendaya, she still has a TikTok and mm-hmm. Instagram. Like, it is a different world. Yes, he doesn't need to promote himself that way. Although I will say that uh, Will Smith, one of the biggest content creators on social media, and he just joined social media a couple years ago, before the slap, of course. But there, Hello. But there is still, sometimes when somebody joins late in the game, Jennifer Aniston, another example, Beyonce just joined TikTok, got millions of followers in like a day. Wow. Th- there, people are waiting for it, but it, it's almost more special when we don't get when it. When we don't have it. Yes. There's still that mystery that we want. I'll read this book. You know I've been on a, on a, on a book reading craze lately. Yes. I've been reading some fiction novels. You've been loving. I've never really read fiction in my life, and I'm having a blast doing it. Here we are, honey. All right, coming up in the next hour, what the health, what time of day should you work out? What time of day should you work out it depends on your gender Hmm. we've got those details for you coming up next good morning beat channel q welcome back to the show coming up this hour we've got what the health Uh, we're going to be joined by a professor on human psychology uh, talking to us about what time of day is the best time for you to work out well it depends on your sex and a couple other factors uh Michaela, you and I might get very different answers. Are you ready for this? I'm so ready because I will tell you that working out at night is not the move for me. I'm wide awake, but I love to work out. And I'd like to know when I, when would be the most beneficial. Like, is it in the morning? Should I, yeah. I be going after our morning show? I think that I know. I When I can force myself to work out in the morning, I feel great the rest of the day. I did too, actually. The problem is, this job has me tired every day. So when I leave here, I never. There's a really. We just went down and checked out our new gym here at our um, in our building the other day. It's so nice. It's gorgeous. It's right downstairs. There's no way I could work out after work. I have to go home and take a nap first. Well, also, I will say when we were recording from home during the pandemic, we would get done pretty early. Still early enough for the morning show, and I would try to go right outside and start running, and I really did feel so good working out so really? early in the morning. It's just yeah. difficult when we're in studio. I want to go home, take a nap. Well, if I have a goal to work out, I notice that I tend to get a little bit down if I don't work out quickly. If I let the day go and I don't actually get to it, I start to get mad at myself and I start to feel a little bit depressed about it. Then I slowly lose the energy altogether. So it's a fine, fine balance. We're talking about that, though, with an expert coming up here in just a little bit. Also, is it okay to have pictures of your ex on your cell phone or on your social media? Interesting conversation we're going to have a little bit later. And uh, do you pee in swimming pools? You'll never guess which yes. A-list celebrity is is very proud of the fact that they do, in fact, pee in swimming pools. Everybody pees in swimming pools. So if they ever invite you over to their home, which they probably won't, but if they were to, <laughs> you I you gotta I pee in the swimming pool. I, I would, or I just wouldn't go, or would I? Maybe I pee in pools too. I'll tell you, you a little go. bit later on. That's our What's Poppin' for the hour. Right now, though, it's time for some news on the beat. What do you have for us, Michaela? All right, people. The results of a poll run by the Hinckley Institute of Politics and the Desert News found 72% of Utah's residents agree that marriages between same-sex couples 
should be recognized by law as valid with the same rights as cisgender marriages. For a state that less than 20 years ago passed laws and a constitutional amendment prohibiting same-sex marriage, there has been a uh, shift in opinion, said Jason Perry, director of the Hinckley Institute of Politics at the University of Utah. Uh, the Hinckley Institute of Politics survey also found that 23% of those surveyed disagreed, while 5% expressed that they don't know. Okay, Utah, not too bad. Not too bad, babe. All right, another news. In a recent article posted by Healthline, this injectable form of PrEP complements other recent pushes for placing HIV prevention efforts higher on the list of urgency. Uh, in L.A., it's the first and currently only long-acting injectable form of PrEP, and it could change the face of HIV prevention. The trial for this in L.A. determined that the injectable form of PrEP resulted in an 89% lower rate of HIV acquisition as compared to a regimen of oral tablets. Since there's no single medicine that works for everyone in all circumstances, the injectable that comes once every eight weeks uh, in L.A. brings another avenue to help meet the evolving needs of prevention. All right, let's get into weather. 53 in D.C. today, 80 in Orlando, 69 in Denver, uh, 69 in San Francisco, 85 in L.A., and 102 in Cathedral City. Now give us a vibe of the day, please. Give you a vibe of the day. If you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. How about yeah, that one? Sweet. Here's something really cool. Uh, show yourself a little bit of love because you could have the time of your life watching Ed Sheeran at SoFi Stadium here in L.A. Channel Q has your chance to see him during his mathematics tour. Tickets go on sale October 14th at 10 a.m. Or you can just enter to win a pair of tickets from Channel Q. Head over to wearechannelq.com right now. Keep it tuned into the Morning Beat all week long, and we'll have your chance to win a pair of tickets this Friday uh, to Ed Sheeran. That's a fun one. Amen. All right, coming up in What the Health, what time of day should you work out? It actually depends on your gender. Uh, and we'll be having that conversation in seven minutes. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. 
It's time for another round of What the Health. Thank you so much for joining us here on The Morning Beat. Um, you know, we talk about all sorts of things. It's been a lot of COVID the last couple of years. Uh, we're talking monkeypox from time to time. Uh, for What the Health today, though, uh, we're going to talk about a little something a little lighter. Right, because I struggle with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, those extra few pounds that are always sort of lingering, and the holidays are right around the corner, which means I'm going to be eating and drinking a little bit more than normal. So it's time I get a schedule in place. Well, what time of day should you work out? Oh, interesting. Turns out it depends on your gender. Okay. We're joined right now by Paul J. Arciero, uh, who is the professor for health and human psychological sciences department at Skidmore College. Paul, thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Hey, that was a wonderful uh, intro. I, I'm grateful to be here. This, hey now. this should be very informative. Listen, I try. Listen, they, they they let me come back into work every day, and they keep paying me to talk. So as long as they do that, I'm going to keep doing what I do. Um, but I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, but let's talk about this, though. Is there a time that is ideal uh, for workouts? I, I will just say for me, if I don't get it in early in the morning, sometimes I just won't do it. And I have really good workouts in the morning. However, if I work out at nighttime... I have a hard time falling asleep afterwards. Um, so how do you know what the best time of day to work out is for you? Yeah, that's the, that's the question that everyone's interested in. And what you described is actually uh, fairly typical for people. Um, the, the, the morning is, is sometimes the best time. And I would just say this right at the beginning, that there's really no bad time to exercise whenever you can fit it into your daily routine. And it and it fits your schedule, and you know you can commit to it. That's usually the best time for you to do it. However, based on my research and those of other scientists, there appears to definitely be a more favorable time of day for when women and men exercise to increase the health and the physical performance benefit. Mm. Um, and so, what you described is later on in the day not being able to sleep. That's oftentimes because people do very intense, strenuous exercise later in the day. If you want to optimize your body's ability to get into a deep sleep state, it's actually more beneficial later in the day to forego the the high resistance weight training or interval exercise and instead replace it with an endurance, a low-level cardiovascular, full-body rhythmic exercise or something like yoga, stretching, tai chi. That hmm. is the winning ticket for later in the day. That actually tracks, now, yeah. I know that men and women are very different. I tend to do my heavy lifting in the morning. But as of late, I've been loving running at night. I don't feel like it's too much, but it's definitely high speed. For women, does it uh, differ when you should do your heavy lifting and when you should do your cardio? Uh, does it make a difference for your sleep schedule? Yes, that is an excellent question. So at least in the cohort of men and women that we used in our study, we had 30 women, which is actually a large number for these types of studies because they're so time intensive. We showed that the women who exercised early in the morning before they left for work had much greater changes, decreases in their total body fat, but more importantly, their abdominal fat. So they were able to almost target, right? We hear for years that you can't, um, you know, target a specific spot, reduce on your body. Um, but here we have evidence that, in fact, the women that exercise in the morning lost significantly more body fat around their midsection. They also had a greater reduction in their blood pressure. So those were really um, significant findings. Whereas the women who 
exercised in the evening after work, they had significantly greater increases in their upper body strength and their muscles' ability to generate power as well as endurance. So you saying that you've been enjoying the, the evening you know, run or endurance cardiovascular exercise is right in line with what we found, that there was a massive increase in the women's ability to well, generate. You, you should see her uh, do an arm wrestling match. She's really, really strong. <laughs> so it's probably because she works out in the evening. I'm kind of curious to know, I know there's so many differences in this study. It's fascinating to read through some of this stuff, though, that, that if your goal is to build muscle versus lose belly fat, right, there's a different approach to take. And also for men, it says that, you know, uh, you can lower your cholesterol by working out at night, while men who work out in the morning slightly raise their cholesterol. Why is that? Yeah, I, I don't know if we have the, all the answers to that, but um, uh, I would just say that it's, it's obviously some connection to differences in the way that our body regulates our hormones. And so given the, the release of different hormones, because all of the hormones that we have circulating in our blood at any given time are different at different times of day. And so much of this is, is very hormonally based in, in just how the body's normal, what we call circadian rhythms are activated and are released into the blood. So mm -hmm. there's definitely a hormonal connection. But in our study, you know, the improvement in mood in the women later on was also a very intriguing finding so that the women who were exercising later on in the day experienced a much greater improvement in their overall mood state. Wow. And the men had signs of that as well. So it was almost as though the evening exercise was a de-stressor for the men and the women when they exercise in the evening. And, and that has profound impacts because obviously that's something that we all deal with at some level. Well, Paul, thank you so much for joining us, Professor for Health and Human Physiological Sciences Department at Skidmore College. We appreciate having this conversation, and I now know I will only be running in the mornings. Thank you. <laughs> All right, coming up You're is welcome. having a picture of an ex. Okay, I think it depends on the context, but probably not. We'll talk about it next. Good morning, B. Channel Q. Dear Abby, Abby always has the answers, by the way, but dear Abby, my husband has pictures of his exes on his phone. Oh, no. I recently married Joel, a man I love very much. While we have our differences, we are in solid We are solid in the knowledge that we each love each other and are in this marriage for the long haul. Well, I would hope so. Why else would you get married to somebody? Hello. Our wedding pictures just arrived, and after going through them together, I asked my husband to create a digital album to share with our family and friends, as I'm very busy with work. I just had a moment to look through the album he created and saw he had omitted the picture of my male best friend, Logan, uh, and me hugging as Joel and I left the reception. It was a very special moment for me because I grew up with Logan and consider his family an extension of mine. When I explained this to my husband, he expressed that he understands. I feel very hurt that this picture was omitted. Joel has expressed in the past that he isn't comfortable with me hugging males who are not family members. It has been a point of contention between us, and after a couple of long talks on the subject, I thought we'd reached a resolution. Now, before the wedding, I found out Joel still had pictures of his ex-girlfriend in his phone. Uh -oh. When I confronted him about it, he said he kept them for memories but would delete them, which he did. Now that we're married, I have noticed he brings up his past dating life a lot. I have asked him to stop, but he keeps doing it. I feel like it's a double standard. I must distance myself from male friends, but Joel gets to keep his connections with ex-girlfriends. I don't know how to broach this with him because it is so early in our marriage. I could use some advice. 
Well, first and foremost, upset newlywed in Texas. You should have had these conversations before you said I do. What drives me crazy when people get into a marriage and they're like, well, I never thought about these. I'm like, really? You didn't think about this? It's already It was an issue before the marriage. You said that. So one, either get okay with it or two, discuss it and figure it out. Yeah, I think that I totally agree with you. I think, though, it does depend on the context of the exes. Like, are they nude photos or are they just photos with, like... <laughs> Those are full-on, like, like nasty nude photos. Then what? And then I'd be mad. <laughs> but if they're photos of your ex while you guys are, like, with friends or at a festival nope. or, like, something... Yeah. And you guys are still, like, because Lisa is still really, really good friends with her ex. Mm. They broke up a couple years before we got together. We actually hang out with her ex quite a bit and her new wife. We went to their wedding. It's a whole thing. I love that for them. They still have photos together. Nothing, like, where they're, like, making out or anything. But clearly they didn't work out. They're still really good friends. For me, I'm not friends with any of my exes. Um... I, well, I'm friends with one ex, actually, but we were together so long ago that we well, don't really have, like, photos together. We didn't together. date, Michaela. That was, it was in your How head. How do you make this about you when I'm not talking about <sighs> you? Okay. Talking about Omar, my old guitar player. Oh, yeah, Omar. I've heard about Omar. <laughs> but I think it just depends. I mean, you are still friends with your your ex came to your wedding. My ex was, yeah, he was at our wedding. Um, He cheated on me with my best friend, so we got past it. But that's because he and I put in the work. Right. That's because he actually respected me enough to apologize and to put in the work and like repent. And I listen, I let him have it for a while. And then he still was my friend. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can respect that because we probably shouldn't have dated to begin with. We probably should have just been friends. And oftentimes that's what you figure yes. out when you have a breakup. You're like, I oh think, my listen, God, we're friends. I think having pictures of your ex in your phone isn't the wor- worst thing in the world to me. It's a memory from your past. I, I, I think it's weird when people try to just erase every memory. Yeah, now, I do too. Now, if your partner's not comfortable having them uh, posted on your Instagram publicly or something like that, that's a conversation to have, sure. I almost think that the nude pictures are, are fine and that the other stuff's bad because at least the nude pictures, like there could be something, like maybe they have a banging body or you might want to blackmail them someday so it's good to hold on to them. Hello. Whereas like fun photos of you like going to church might be a little bit too far for me, right? Um. This is a conversation they need to have because it's also very different, I think, in our community. I think gay couples, gay people tend to be a little more open to being friends with exes because our community is so small that we don't have a ton of options. If you're going to not be friends with any of your exes and avoid them at all costs, you're going to avoid a lot of people because the circles are small. So I think that it's always fascinating to me, people that are so, so insecure about your past. And he's insecure about this guy, Logan, or whatever. But she's like, that was just a family friend who happened to be a, a guy. Yeah. Like, can you imagine being told by your partner you're not allowed to have any female friends because you're a lesbian and you're attracted? But then also no male friends because you're sometimes attracted to men. Like, Look, <laughs> I will tell you that there was on my 21st birthday, and I, it's actually the ex I was just talking about. I am a very excitable person. No. I love my friends. What? I get so into it. And a couple of my friends showed up for my 21st birthday, particularly one of these boys. He was straight, but he was one of my bandmates. I ran into his arms, jumped up. He picked me up. He wrapped we your legs like, around and probably sure did the whole did. girly thing. Yeah, Because I'm 5'2". He was so much taller. Anyway, he was my drummer. We loved each other. And he was also your drummer? Yeah. We loved each other. Because it's different with bandmates. Bandmates are like your brothers. Wait, is this different from Omar or this is Omar? Omar was my guitar player. Oh, good. Oh, wow. Got it. So <laughs> we, uh, he was so mad about that, that he left my party. And on my 21st birthday, 
he was like, get in the car, let's go. So I get into the car. He starts yelling at me, and I was like, no, honey, you're trash. Got out of the car, sat at the bus stop in, like, <laughs> lingerie. It starts pouring rain. Oh, wow. I had to call David Hernandez to come pick me up, mm. and he did, and we shortly broke up after that. He was so livid, though, and I was like, no, no, you'll never tell me what to do. That's the end of that. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. It's time for another round of What's Poppin'. This time, one of my favorite celebrities from, like, yesteryear is back in the news. We haven't heard about her in a while, but Cameron Diaz making headlines. Michaela, Man. what's popping? All right, well, Cameron Diaz recently sparked a debate on social media after she confessed to having urinated in her own swimming pool on occasion, that there's something about Mary Starr made the admission during a recent visit to the Drew Barrymore show where she answered pre-recorded questions sent in by her sister-in-law, Nicole Richie. <laughs> when asked by Richie whether she had ever peed in a pool, Diaz laughed before telling her friend and Charlie's Angels co-star Drew Barrymore, oh yeah, I've peed in a swimming pool. It's so funny that Nicole asked that question. First of all, I would just love to hang out with Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and Nicole Richie. Like, that's got to be Wild. the best time ever. Also, I didn't know they were re- ma- married or like related by marriage. Sister-in-laws? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they are. And they're really cute together. They're not often on social media, but when you see them together, they're really cute they're funny well she goes on to say when i'm alone in my pool and it's being filtered over and over with uh chemicals it's my pool i pee in the pool i got okay i gotta say this i pee in a public pool. anybody on the planet the ocean. who tells you they have not peed in a swimming pool is lying through their teeth now i don't do it obviously often but from time to time got a little bit gotta relieve yourself just a little bit yeah of course do you pee I, in the bathtub in the bathtub yeah. every single time i shower we're disgusting. I start every shower that way. I just pee. No, in the bath, not the shower. Or oh, the bathtub? Yeah. No, and if I ever have a little bit, perhaps, because maybe it has happened now that I think about it, I definitely stand up and take, but I also take a shower after a bath every time. You I, do? Oh, yeah. I never, no, it's disgusting. I'm going to lay there and I'll scrub off my dirty, like, cells and, like, skin off in the bath and then lay in it. and then. Just, I do. No, I get up and I shower after that. I lay in my dry skin all the time. Got, that tracks. I would. I lay in my me. shaved leg hairs. I. Oh my god! I saw. <laughs> I got to tell you, I saw this the other day, and you know Robbie Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, heartthrob Anderson. He's hilarious. We went and saw his live show. If you can go see him in your in your hometown, if he comes to see you, go see him. He's really really great. He's the creator of Gay Science, and he did this thing the other day, and it was a, a video of of somebody getting their calluses on their feet cut off, like shaved off, and as it goes off the foot. It switches to him sitting at a table as if a server is serving him a, a, a salad and mm. shaving Parmesan cheese onto a salad. And he goes, oh, no, I'm good. That's enough. Thank you. And it looked it, the, the editing is so beautiful and it's so nasty that it looks like this guy's callus got shaved off into a salad. Ew. I don't know why I thought I'd tell you that story. All right, well, that was disgusting, and dis- I'm ready to vom. I thought it was more disgusting than you lying in the in the, uh, in the bathtub. Okay, but at least... Oh, God. Okay, you know what? <laughs> Moving on. How do animals communicate psychically? We have an animal communicator joining us. Oh, God. Bonnie is very excited about this. And you know what? You so are, am too. I. We'll talk about it in the next hour. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. All right, this hour is all about secrets. First up, are your pets keeping secrets from you? Are they? Well, you're about to find out. Bruno, Rocco! Turns out we can speak psychically with our pets, according to one expert who's an intuitive coach uh, and an animal communicator. She's going to be joining us here in about 10 minutes. 
and if there's if, if there's any secrets you want to know about, if there's anything you want to ask your pets, now's the time to find I'm out. I'm so obsessed with this. How to do that. Also, what happens uh, when family members keep secrets, and then those secrets are dragged out into the light. How do you deal with wow. that? Every family has secrets. Everyone does. Well, I feel like Rocco knows that we're having this segment because Rocco came home yesterday from Vegas and <laughs> Lisa got Rocco's like, her dog, by the way. Lisa. If you're new. Yes, that's my baby. They know. They've been listening to me for almost five years. Hopefully it's we Rocco get, boy. Hopefully we have a new listener today. Hopefully Maybe. there's somebody. Well, there's this little bed in Vegas that used to belong to Lucky, who is my dog that passed away, who was very little. And I don't know what's going on, but Rocco has decided that he now wants it to be his bed. But Rocco's like kind of fat. Like he's just, he's not fat. He's just like a sturdy he's guy. He's solid. And so he is getting into this bed, but like the bed's kind of small for him, but he is insisting that he is in this bed. So he's been like laying in this little like circle bed that's too small for him. And he looks so cute. But I'm like, are you good, babe? Because like, I, I don't like, know if I that's like comfortable. I feel like Lucky weighed like eight pounds. Yeah, Lucky was tiny. And Rocco weighs like 25. 19. He went 19 to the vet yesterday. <laughs> that little fat boy and it weighs 19 pounds. Oh. And Bruno weighs 13 pounds. 13? Yeah, he got so skinny guy. Kingston, my dog, is a solid 42. Whoa. It's a real weight. Yeah. We tried to keep him in the 30s for as long as we could. He was 39 for a long time, but then we took him to the vet recently, and they said he's 42, so he's put on a little bit of weight. But it's okay. We're, gonna, he, we're coming into fall. We're not shaming him. She said that's actually the perfect weight for him. Oh, good. Well, I don't know what happened to Rocco. I'm going to shame him, little fat turkey piggy boy. Yeah, Rocco's like an eighth of the size of Kingston, oh, God, but weighs half him. as much. So that's interesting. I know. I just, he is solid, though. But he's so fun to hold and snoogle. He's like a Tonka truck. I, he's, a to, he's a Tonka truck. Yeah. Kingston likes to stretch out. Kingston can be really super tall because he'll lay down with you and stretch out his entire, like, and he's like four feet long. I'm like, you're, you look like a big dog right now. Yeah. But he's just mostly hair. Yeah. He's a lot of, when we get him trimmed. You see, he's just a little guy. He's a little scrawny guy. Yeah. So it's going to be a great hour coming up on the morning beat right now, though. It's time for some news on the beat. What do you have? All right, people, there's a lot going on in the news. Uh, a first of its kind, uh, a study has found that top surgery in transmasculine adolescents and young adults can significantly improve quality of life. Now, while the positive effects of top surgery have been studied in trans adults before, this study focused specifically on trans young people ages 13 to 24. Conducted by researchers from Northwestern's Feinberg School of Medicine, the study compared trans patients of similar ages who had top surgery to those who did not. It matched people up based on age as well as how long they had been on testosterone therapy so the comparisons could be direct as possible. All right, another news, the gay political group Log Cabin Republicans has endorsed former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin in her bid for the U.S. House of Representatives this fall. Palin, who came in second in the state's all-comers primary, qualified for the general with three other candidates. She currently is facing off against Democratic U.S. Representative Mary Peltola, who defeated her in a special runoff election last month, as well as fellow Republican Nick Begich and Libertarian Chris Bayh, who replaced the fourth-place finisher, Republican Tara Sweeney, on the ballot after the latter dropped out of the race. As Governor... Uh, Palin largely didn't have a long-standing record on LGBTQ rights. She vetoed a bill that would have blocked the state from granting benefits to same-sex partners of public employees, stating at the time that she did so because the state's attorney general had advised her the measure was unconstitutional. 
All right, give us a little vibe of the day. Oh, let me give you some weather. It's going to be 56 in Boston today, 57 in New York, 83 in Miami, 95 in Vegas, 85 in LA, and 102 in Palm Springs. Here's a vibe. If you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. That whole that thing that works for other people, guess what? It also works for you. Totally. And you are just as deserving of compassion as anybody else is. So be kind yeah, to yourself today. Yeah, be nice today. to yourself. I'm going to tell you about this one more time before we uh, wrap up this hour. Uh, before we kick off this hour, actually. Uh, Channel Q has your chance to see Ed Sheeran at LA's SoFi Stadium on his upcoming mathematics tour. The stadium is gorgeous. I... I I've not been yet, but I'm so jealous because it looks so incredible. Uh, tickets are on sale October 14th, or you can enter for a, a pair of tickets on Channel Q. Head over to wearechannelq.com. We're going to give away these tickets uh, during Friday's show, so make sure you tune into the Morning Beat all week long. Good luck. He's a great performer. People love Ed Sheeran. Oh, yeah, love. Absolutely. All right, coming up, how do animals communicate psychically? We have an animal communicator joining us to tell us how you can intuitively talk to your dogs. Next. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning, Beat Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. Let's talk about our pets for a bit, shall we? Let's do it. You know, we live in Los Angeles, and I think uh, a lot of people around the country look at us sometimes like, oh, they're so hokey. They're into crystals and sound baths and meditation and Reiki and and all these other things, right? And all the th- the things that I do, the microdosing, love yeah, it all. all of it. So, so people think, oh, they're a little bit weird out there. Well, mm-hmm. we're not the only ones. Let's head to the other coast. Let's head all the way to Maine, actually, because we've actually uh, got an expert joining us right now, who's an animal communicator, intuitive, and soul level intuitive coach, uh, who's going to talk to us about how our animals can communicate with us psychically. Uh, please welcome to the program Danielle McKinnon. Danielle, how are you? I'm great over here in Maine. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks Thank for you making for joining time us. for us. This we, is very important yeah, stuff. We, we, we love our dogs. We're a dog Obsessed. show here. Michaela has two. I have one. Um, before we get into it, though, you believe that our animals can psychically communicate with us, correct? Thank God. I do. I believe all animals can psychically communicate with each other and with people. Okay. Why do you believe that? <laughs> Because that's what I do for work. I connect into them psychically, and they share information with me about their humans, about what they want. They uh, they have a lot to say psychically, actually. Doctor, um, I have to tell you that my dog, Bruno, has been really sick for a long time. And 
He, the way that he's able to communicate with my partner when he needs something, whether it's like a paw tap or he looks her like directly in the eyes, we have literally said he's communicating with her. And I'm so happy to know that we're not crazy. So how do you communicate with these our pets and can you give and receive messages to their owners? Okay. So yeah, they, you're talking about more physical communication where they're touching you. And I'm talking about an even cooler level, which is the psychic level where an animal can send you a picture in your head. They can send you a sound. They can send you an idea where suddenly you're like, Stop. I just know it's time to get another dog. Or they, they use every psychic ability that they have to give us messages. So I can pick up those messages and share them with the humans, which is super fun because people are always like, no way. <laughs> it's a it's a really fun thing to be able to do because it can help the animals get their messages through too. All right. So for anybody this who's a, a skeptic, do you have an example <laughs> of maybe when you were able to communicate something to an owner that the owner was so shocked, they're like, wow, only my dog would, would know that. <gasps> sure. <laughs> um, when I, it's just the coolest example that I love to use, but when I first started out doing this, a dog was trying to get a message to their human. Their human was like, I don't know what's going on. Why is he peeing in this plant? And the dog ended up telling me that he was peeing in the plant because his human was in an abusive relationship <gasps> and he was peeing in the plant to let her know this is a time when you take care of yourself no matter what. Oh. There is no, I didn't think, oh my God, I hit my finger in my yogurt because I just got so excited. (laughs) I didn't think that I could genuinely love my dogs more. Like there's nothing more that they could do in this world that would not make me want to dress them up and kiss them and hold them like babies. Now we've added another layer and the fact that they're like so empathetic and are like, no, you're not going to. I'll tell you when Lisa and I fight, especially when we first met. I came into the relationship where she already owned her dog, Bruno, which is now our son. It's been seven and a half years. But he would give me the cold shoulder if we fought. Like, he wouldn't come sit next to me. My dog always lays next to me. He wouldn't let me walk him. During arguments. No, no. He was very and still is very loyal to Lisa. And I was like, what is going on? But he didn't like when we would fight. And he thought I was the bad guy. So do they also know who their, like, dominant person is? They don't view it as a dominant person. They want to help all of their humans that are in their life. And so they'll have a different relationship with each human, which is why you may get cuddles, but your dog may give somebody else the cold shoulder. And it's just because it's a different relationship. And they know when you're not finishing an argument. Like they they tell me, I've had many animals tell me, no, 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 my, my humans are fighting a lot and they're not speaking to each other after and they need to stop doing that. They need to have closure in their argument. Whoa. Animals don't like it. Why have I been paying for therapy? They, no, they really, I gotta just talk to Bruno. They genuinely don't like it. My dog <laughs> is such a deep empath and, I, and in a weird way, I think he's kind of like me as opposed to his other dad and we've both had him since he was a puppy so he knows us both but whenever we have an argument, he always comes and cuddles me and he almost like not like he protects me because my apart my partner's definitely not aggressive at all. I might actually be more aggressive out of the two of us when we argue, oftentimes, truth be told. But our dog still comes and protects me in a weird way. Almost, but not but this like... this is what's cool. 
they know what you need and what your partner needs in that moment because they're intuitively connected to you. So you must need that safety, support, and connection oh, totally. versus your partner needs something else. Oh, yeah. I have major abandonment issues. My parents were divorced. There's a lot of trauma. I've, I've talked about it with my therapist, and I feel like my dog just knows. Just knows that I yeah, need a little bit of love. Therapist. Well, wow. yeah. Danielle, I have to ask you a question because my partner will kill me. My dog, uh, Bruno, it really is, he's been sick for a long time, and we're just trying to figure out how much longer we have. We call Lisa, my partner, Dr. Doolittle, because she's literally found every way to save this dog's life. I knew you were going to go um, Yeah, yeah I had to. <laughs> so is there a way that she can communicate without the help of a professional to really understand maybe where he's at, where his health is at, and what it needs? I feel like she does a good job, but if people don't have you to count on, what are some ways that they can intuitively speak to their dog? Wow, I sound wild, so, but I really believe in this, and I don't <laughs> care, Danielle. Say it. Welcome to my life. So one of the things that works in a situation like that is to look for the moments in her relationship with Bruno that are giving her the biggest emotional charge, whether it's positive or negative, because a lot of animals will communicate through our emotions. So she can start paying attention to the big emotions. There's going to be a message for her from Bruno in there. Did that make sense? Yes, it did. It's real, that's so. It's I believe in this stuff too, and it's really fascinating to me. Before we let you go, that is a difficult decision. It's one that she and Lisa have been faced with. Like, do you keep trying to save yeah. your pet, or do you do you finally let them but go? But he keeps coming back around, getting healthy. We're like, would you come on a five star vacation which, to AJ's wedding, and all of a sudden he was healthy again? But which only makes it more difficult to make the decision, right? Like, if you see like good days. So, have you ever had an interaction with a pet where they're like, just please let my owner know I'm good, and they can let me go now? Uh, many. Mm. I have done a lot of readings with animals who are like. It is time for me to go. I would like help. I'd like help with this vet or I'm going to pass peacefully. Animals don't feel about death the way we do. They mm. look at it as the next stage. So they can talk about it pretty freely and give really great, clear instructions about what they want. Because they don't have religion to mess their heads up. Maybe that's No. Why. Okay, before we let <laughs> you go, since we decided to bring it down, um, do animals communicate in the afterlife? Have you been able to still feel their spirits when they move on? And do they still communicate with their partners? Yes. Not only do they communicate from the afterlife, they communicate often even more because their humans are usually more open-minded to the fact that they could get an intuitive message from them. Mm. So they'll send sounds. They'll, you'll hear their name on the radio three times. You'll see them out of the corner of your eye. These are the ways they're sending communications, and those are all psychic messages. Great. Yeah, the but rest my dog's life, Bruno. Every we time, don't talk yeah, about him, every so time how am I supposed to get messages? <laughs> We're going to hear that song for the rest of our lives, and that's what you're going to take away from me. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us. This is very fascinating stuff. Thank you, Danielle. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Bye later. Good morning, B. Channel Q. What did you find out about one of your loved ones after they passed away that shocked you? This is the conversation taking place on Reddit right now, and it's going wild because it's so interesting. We think that we know our family, and then something happens, and there, a revelation. Maybe somebody, your uncle has a little bit too much to drink at Thanksgiving, or uh, somebody's like just emotionally like just unloading on you at, at your grandma's funeral. Yes. And you, and you hold these people in such high regard because as young people growing up, you look at aunts, uncles, grandparents as like, perfect right and then you start to find things out as you grow up and I remember 
I think I've shared this story. I know I've shared it with you, Michaela. When my grandfather died, I was just devastated. And I was really devastated, I think, because yeah. I never came out to him and I never like revealed that part of myself to him. And my grandmother was talking to me and I was trying to console her. And she goes, if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? You were married for 56 years, Grandma. Like, he's the love of your life. She's like, eh, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of, he was pretty, he was pretty, you know, a little controlling sometimes, a little bit jealous. And, Same. And it's just what you did back then. He came home from the war and I got married, started yeah. a family. And if I could choose again, I don't think I would have chosen the same life. And that was really like, that shook my world. Because I was like, wait, this is the relationship I've known my entire childhood. And you're telling me that it wasn't all that great, right? Yeah. Um, so people are sharing on here, on this, on this thread. Uh, things that have come up in their own families. One person says, it's not really a hot secret, but when my grandmother died, all of a sudden everyone acted as if it was common family knowledge that she and my grandfather had divorced and were set to marry other people, but dumped them and got remarried at one point. This came up during a conversation. They actually went so far as to get a divorce. Yeah, wow. And then paused and remarried and nobody ever, they just didn't talk about it. Just did not talk about it. Well, this one is crazy. And this happens, I think, a lot. Uh, one story read, when my, great, when my great-grandmother died, we were going through her things and found her diaries. When she was in her 40s, she had an affair with a married man Whoa. who owned the store where she worked. Nobody ever knew. <sighs> That's wild, especially for a woman. I mean, I hate to use that stereotype. It's just more that common that men have... Um, affairs and to know that this woman did a great grandmother, you know? Mm-mm-mm. Wow. It's really fascinating because, uh, you know, my, my husband's family, they have, I guess it's interesting because when you ask other people about family stuff too, they're usually kind of very secretive about it. Like they know there's something, there's, a, there's actually, I guess in his family, he has, I believe, an uncle over in the UK who was like the child of his grandfather who cheated on his grandmother at one point had a son that nobody talks about as far as as far as they're concerned it's just the sisters right yeah, all of the right. aunts but there's actually a brother as well who nobody sort of like owned and i think he was in the, like, the olympics or something in the 1960s or 70s like he actually was an olympian and that's i think they kind of are proud of that so they talk about that but besides that there's no acknowledgement of him and i can relate to this i remember you also know the story you know all these stories you're my best friend but when i was 15 maybe right uh we're our our high school was playing a football game in another town and my cousin was a cheerleader she was a senior at that in that other town she comes up into the stands i'm with my parents she goes hey come down here i have a surprise for you she brings me down onto the field like she was like homecoming queen she was a dancer she was like flawless Mm -hmm. gorgeous her name is christy she's a beautiful girl and i always really looked up to her she brings me down onto the field with all of the cheerleaders from this other town Mm -hmm. and she goes aj this is your sister and i go wait what he goes, yeah, it's your wow. sister Dawn. I'm like, what are you talking about? And this girl goes, your dad's Steve, right? Gibson. And I was like, yeah. She goes, that's my dad too. I'm like, whoa, what are you wow, talking about? that's crazy. She goes, your dad was married to my mom and had me before he married your mom. And I knew he'd been married. I didn't really know that I had a sister. And I think if I did have like an idea that I had a sibling out there, I had no idea where she lived. I didn't right. know she lived 15 minutes away from me my entire right. life. And I'm like, it's so nice to meet you. I go back up into the stands and I tell my mom and stepdad, they're like, oh, well, what was that about? I'm like, she introduced me to my sister, Dawn. And my mom just kind of like looked at me like, hmm, yep, that's your dad's secret. Yeah, that's never, crazy. Never talked yeah. about that one. It's just wild. Yeah, that's wild. That- 
Do your, does your family have secrets? If you come from an Italian family, I feel like you have to have some secrets. Yeah, there is. I will tell you a story, but I actually, this particular story in BuzzFeed made me so sad. And I'm oh, going to no. share it with you to let everybody know to do your thing. This is such a trivial thing to admit, this user said. I didn't know until the eulogy during my paternal great-grandmother's funeral that she was born in France to artists and that she went to art school. This revelation almost broke my brain. She was the school matron type with zero interest in art. Nine years have gone and I still struggle to associate that revelation with her. This makes me so sad because this woman, like imagine this grandmother being raised by these amazing artists, went to art school, and all you know her as is just this woman who raised her family, zero interest, but deep down was like an artist. Like Mm. I, I feel like pushing that all of that stuff down was so something that our families did my grandma Vivian was a wild woman mm. and she uh, lost her mom very young in a train accident she was devastated oh, wow. about it she waited her whole life to live with her mom and her mom finally came back for her and when she lived with her mom she lived with her for one year and her mom died in a car accident Wow! and she had to go back and live with her really abusive dad she was hit by a train in the car yeah that's, a, oh, that's devastating it was devastating and so my grandma always presented very like you know maternal as all grandmas do but there's just so many stories that you have to think about especially when it comes to our grandparents like those are the the affairs is one thing but the secrets of like what they went through yeah and what they sort of shut down totally I I took my grandmother before she died I took her to see the radio uh Radio City Rockettes, you know, their Christmas, the high kicks and whatever. And they tour around the country. I took her to go see the show in Columbus, Ohio. She was on a breathing tank in a wheelchair. It was towards the end of her life. Afterwards, she cried to me and hugged me and said, for 56 years with your grandfather, I never saw a live theater show because he didn't want to. Right. So she just and she loves it and never went to see a live show for 56 years. I mean, that's the generation that grew up before yeah. us. You know what Listen, I mean? Listen, if you so still have your grandparents, or if you know any elderly people, take care of them. And talk to them and get their stories. Yeah, they, they have, have stories. great ones. Yes, they do. Good Morning Beat, Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. It's time for another round of What's Poppin'. And this one is very, very relatable. Um, as my name is not actually AJ Gibson, it's actually Aaron Gibson. That is my real name. Michaela's real name is not Michaela Gordon. It's Michaela Goldfarb. Amen, sister. Um, but our families changed them at some point. Uh, and, and this is very, very common when you're celebrities like Michaela and myself, obviously. Obviously. I'm not going to say who's a bigger celebrity, um, but um, you've been famous longer. Okay. I'll give you that much. Thanks, honey. Your star has dwindled, though, recently. So I don't know. I don't know where we stand. I don't, don't know. My album just came out. It's doing really good. You're famous again. I forgot. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, what do you have for us and what's popping? All right. This story is amazing. I love it because a lot of these celebrities I just thought were their names, but let's get right into it. Shay Mitchell's real name, who I'm obsessed with, by the way. Her real name is Shannon Ashley Garcia Mitchell. But if you think about Shannon Ashley, there's a lot of Shannon Ashley Garcia mm-hmm. Mitchells. So she changed it to Shay Mitchell. Another one, uh, Whoopi Goldberg's real name is Karen Elaine Johnson. She's a Karen. Come on. She's a Karen? She's a Karen. Whoopi Goldberg's name is Karen Johnson? Yes, it is. It is. That's so basic. Listen to this. Jamie Foxx. Oh, no. Real name? Eric Marlon Bishop. Not Eric Bishop. Eric Bishop is his name. That's not cool. Yeah. No, this is why people were changing it. Okay. Uh. Bruno Mars. Peter Jean Hernandez. No, stop it. Stop it right uh-huh. now. I didn't know that one. I know. Okay. Lana Del Rey. 
I Not don't. too bad. Elizabeth Woolridge Grant. You know how, how I pronounce her name? Boring. No, I love Lana I Del Rey. Can't stand Lana Del oh, I'm Rey. obsessed Ugh. with her. I also, I think my ex was cheating on me with my best friend years ago, and his be- favorite artist was Lana Del Rey. So I think I'm still holding on to some of that. I can hear that, but mm. we love Lana, and I actually don't mind her name, Elizabeth. Okay. Okay. Other people, Alicia Keys is really Alicia Aguilo Cook. 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 Alicia Cook. No. Imagine. Uh, in 2007, the singer told Newsweek, I got so desperate, I went through the dictionary for something that caught my eye. I get to the W's and I pick wild. Alicia Wild. How does that sound, Mom? And she said, it sounds like you're a stripper. But I liked mm. keys. It's like the piano keys. Whoa. It opened so many doors. I just now put that together. She plays mm. the piano a lot. Mm-hmm. Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys. That's where wow. it came from. Um, Sir Elton John. Not his real name. Reginald Kenneth Dwight. Wait, what? That's his that was his name. It has been legally changed to Elton Hercules John. Not Hercules. Yeah, he did, honey. Nicholas Cage, his real name is Nicholas Kim Coppola? He's a Coppola? Yeah, he's a Coppola. Like Francis Ford and Sophia? I would have kept that name. Yeah. I really would have kept unless the Coppola. It, unless it's not those Coppolas. Then maybe, and then they have nothing to do with each uh-huh. other. Yeah, it's crazy. I feel like a lot of people uh, change their names also just because they want to stand out in some way. Sometimes it's just because the names are too hard to pronounce uh, or whatever the case may be. It's very interesting to know that these are not these people's real names. Halsey's real name is Ashley. Yeah, Ashley Nicolette. Frangipan. Frangipani. Frangipani. An Italian. We stand for her. That is wild. I did. There was a time, I will tell you, when I was moving to Los Angeles from New York City 15 years ago, I was doing soap operas at the time. I was doing like U5 work on soap operas. I thought I was going to come here and be a big soap opera. I'm going to be on Young and the Restless, right? I wanted to be the long lost son of like Jack Abbott or or Victor Newman. Mm. And I really toyed with going by my first and middle name, which was Aaron Jason. Which sounds like sexy to me. Like AJ sounds like a little boy's name. Like Aaron Jason was like my ticket. Yeah. Never really stuck. I legally tried to change my name to Michaela Cavarici because that is my family and I just thought it was so much better. And I did go to the courthouse to legally change it. I paid the money and the woman said, listen, you might be called to come into the courthouse, but nobody ever gets called into the courthouse. So if you got it, because I had to go out of town. She's like, if you got to go out of town, just go out of town. Nobody ever gets called and the name will be changed in like a month i got called in while i was at a gig in hawaii and they did not legally change my name to michaela cavarici so i took it as a sign that it was just supposed to stay gordon plus i was on american idol as michaela gordon so it would have been a little bit unique but uh i wanted that last name so bad all right coming up in our next hour we're talking what are beige flags we've heard of red flags we've even heard of green flags but what are beige we'll discuss next Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. All right, so we're all familiar with red flags, right? Red flags in friendships, relationships, life in general. You don't want red flags popping up, especially uh, if it's somebody you're getting to know and want to have in your life, right? We get that. Like a red flag. What would a red flag for you be, Michaela? Even in like a friendship. Something that's like, ah, stay away. I think somebody that doesn't communicate well. Yeah, bad communication. Somebody who lies. Uh, somebody who's a cheater. Yeah. Uh, if you find out they are cheating previously in relationships, it might be a red flag for you. It doesn't mean you don't want to get to know them, but you might not want to be in an intimate relationship with that person, right? Totally. Uh, well, move over red flags because the latest rage on all the dating apps are beige flags. 
Now, (laughs) what are beige flags, you ask? Well, I've got an answer for you. They're signs uh, on people's profiles that the person behind the profile is probably effing boring. Okay, but what does this mean? Because boring to some could be very exciting to others. Some people like to date boring because boring boring can mean one thing. Boring could be like, oh, wow, I'm not going to have fun in this relationship. The sex is going to be bad. I'm going to like fall asleep at dinner with them. Or to some people, boring could say, hey, this person's not going to lie. They're not going to cheat. Yeah, they're going to be comfortable. And that's not a terrible thing. If you come from chaos... You know, somebody asked me recently my favorite thing about being married, and I said, um, I just feel, like, comforted. I feel a sense of security, right, because I kind of grew up in a little bit of chaos. My, my parents were divorced, so I didn't want that. I wanted stability, and I got that with my husband. The sex is also great, to be honest, but— Yeah, but I will say, to be fair, also, people that come from chaos and that are not healed will often look at people who are so lovely and kind and Mm -hmm. peaceful, and they will make their lives hell. Yes. And so I'm still back on the red flags because reading these warning signs of beige flags, they sound like wonderful, lovely people. And someone like me, I need a beige flag. So break it down for me. What are some of the warning signs like a beige flag should go up if somebody has these characteristics? Okay, um, well, uh, one user, it started on TikTok, Caitlin McPhail, uh, is the self-proclaimed CEO of Beige Flags. <laughs> um, and one of the examples is that... Uh, you're moderately interesting and you have a little bit to talk about. Uh, beige flags include having loving food as a personality Wait, trait. What? I love food. And answering hinge prompts like, the best way to ask me out is with cliches like, by asking. Wait, okay, that's no, 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 no. That's beige? This is what I'm saying. I'm very And beige. it's not even about being average. You can be beige even if you present yourself as stereotypically cool or hot. I also think hot girl beige has really resonated with the community, which is people, not just women, using being hot as their personality and not really offering any information about what they are actually like. Okay, that one makes a little bit more sense to me. That 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 shows like all your all you're worried about is your looks and you're not willing to offer anything else. I can get that okay, one. Okay, this is crazy. But then another Twitter user said, people saying they love travel is the biggest beige flag. Wait, Everyone what? loves holidays and traveling. Okay, no, 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 no. So if This you, is, I'm feeling red flags from the, if you, the beige haters. Okay, ask me right now. Ask uh-huh. me what turns me on, Michaela. What turns you on? Food and travel. Those are the things that I love. Well, you're a beige flag, honey. I, I, I am a beige flag, apparently. But guess what? I've been in a relationship for 10 years, and I'm married to, like, the hottest man on earth. So I guess I'm doing okay. Maybe beige is the new pink. Beige is the color of the season, perhaps. Well, this article says a lot of people don't even realize their profiles come, aco- come across as beige. And in a lot of cases, it's just more a lack of self-marketing skills than actually being boring. Uh-uh, no. It's not necessarily that the person is super generic or beige when you meet them, although this can be the case. It's more that you're going in blind. You want to keep hitting that table? You're just giving me an yes. earthquake over well, here I'm while you're listening. breaking it down. No, it's- no, nobody can hear that. Can anybody no, in the I- audience hear this? I hear it totally in my ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. If I do it like this, you yeah, can. we totally. This? Yeah, we hear it. Yeah, yep. So okay. she's very. She's an Italian. She like. She's very expressive. I know, you it, guys. I'm always gonna move my mic and I'm always gonna hit this table, honey. Car- it's <laughs> always gonna be this way. I'm a red flag. You're There's red no flag. beige over here. I listen. If those are red flags, I think that often t- or beige flags. I think that oftentimes people who are looking for a relationship are looking for somebody to match their chaos, and I think they're intimidated by people who are just 
cool and have it together and don't have a lot of you know drama in their lives. I will say, though, that there are certain types of people who I've learned as I've gotten older that I just do not want to be around. And I, and I have one friend. She's been one of my best friends since college. I didn't invite her to my wedding for a couple of reasons. One, she's literally just the most boring person what ever. What makes her boring? She's just her, like, you know how you have those one friends who, like, when they tell a story, it's just, like, so dumb and so, like, not interesting. Like, she doesn't she doesn't tell stories in a way that's exciting. She doesn't engage in conversation. Um, she's gotten very, very, very conservative as she's gotten older. She works for, like, the Catholic Church now, and she's, like, very dressed super, super modestly, and that's not how she used to be at all. And and that, that's all fine, but she's just dull. Like, she she's just one of those people, like, there's nothing really fascinating about you, about your day-to-day life, about the way that you share yourself with others. And I need a little bit of something. Like, I need some, I don't need you to be like the wild child by any means, because I'm not. But I need you to bring something to the table. And her stories just put me to sleep. And after many, many years, I realized, like, why are we still friends? Like, we don't have anything in common anymore. Like, maybe 20 years ago we did. Do you need her to have a live, love, laugh sign? I feel like she probably does. And I do, too. So I'm okay with that sort of basicness. Like, I'm a basic bitch myself. I get it. Right? But basic I can, pages. I can punch it up. <laughs> I can get I can get excited about things. She never gets excited about anything. And that, like, if you don't have a passion for something, to me, that's the worst, like, red flag ever. She's like, a you, basic beige flag that just doesn't fly. Does it? It just it just it literally limply hangs there in the wind. The wind is blowing and she doesn't blow along with it. She's Someone just, get her windblower. Tell me something good. All right, I'm going to tell you about a couple little angels by the name of Jerry Ashton and Craig Antico. Okay, now you might not think these are your typical angels because these guys were Wall Street guys for a long, long time, right? They used to be debt collectors. We all hate debt collectors, right? They're just the worst. Debt collectors are right up there the with, most annoying. With, with parking patrol. Right, you see somebody putting the ticket on your car, and you you're one minute late, and you get an eighty dollar ticket. Well, like I hate you. These guys were hated by many, but during the Occupy Wall Street movement back in two thousand eleven, their hearts changed. Now, they just passed a huge milestone in charitable history. They've paid off the medical debt of three point six million Americans. You know how much that costs? Six point seven billion dollars. This is incredible. These guys have been using what they know and the money they've accumulated over the years to pay off debt for people who just can't afford it. There's nothing scarier than medical debt. You know, my husband is in the There's hospital. There's nothing scarier than debt. I swear to God, it stresses me out a minute right now. Well, to, to a degree, yes. But like student loans, I knew what I was doing. My my credit cards, I have something to show for it. I, I know I spent that money, right? Medical debt tomorrow, you could be in the hospital for a month and all of a sudden you're a million dollars in debt. Nothing yeah. you can do about it. And my husband got a bill that would have been $150-some-thousand-dollars for six nights at the hospital. Awesome. Cedars-Sinai last year. Thank God he had health insurance because if he did not, we wouldn't have had a wedding. We'd be so far in debt right now. Yeah, what do you do? crazy. And there are people who you know have medical bills that go on for years and years and years. So these guys are doing something about it, and I think it's really cool. Absolutely. All right, this story is amazing. Neighbors rally to throw an epic early Halloween party. For a boy with terminal cancer, nearly a thousand people showed up to make sure it was a lasting positive memory. And although wait, that's a party devastating. 
It's beautiful. According to this article, five-year-old Alexandros Herdakis had undergone surgeries, chemotherapy, and radiation to fight a brain tumor that formed in the brain, uh, in his little brain, uh, for most of his young life. And uh, despite his challenges, nothing stops him from lighting up the room. So uh, he wanted to have a big Halloween party uh in Niagara Falls, and his friends and family made it happen. People paraded through the street dressed as dinosaurs, witches, zombies, Freddy Krueger, Paw Patrol. Listen, I am an aunt to a niece who loves Paw Patrol, and it is a very serious thing. I'm one, uh, I'm one who loves Freddy Krueger, so I can relate. Yes. The expected guest count was 200, uh, but they had somewhere near 1,000. It's beautiful. I love it. And although very sad. Love to hear it. Love to see that uh, all these people came together. So that's a great way to end this story. We are finally in spooky season. I am so here for it. I'm going to go watch Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Right I'm going to go watch Scream. Can you imagine watching that at 10 in the morning? <laughs> Get off work and go home and watch I the could. horror film. We've been up since 4.30. I have watched those movies early in the morning, just to be clear. It's okay. I'm a weirdo. No one's judging you. Mm. We'll see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.